From his limited vantage point, however, he could see enough to amaze him. The room was his own room. There was no doubt about that. But it had undergone an extraordinary transformation. The walls and the ceiling, they were hung with living green. Holly, mistletoe, ivy. Creating the effect of a perfect grove. The crisp leaves reflected back the light, as if so many little mirrors had been scattered there, and from every part glistened bright gleaming berries. Heaped up in the corner, to form a kind of throne, were turkeys, geese, poultry, great joints of meat, long wreaths of sausages, suckling pigs, mince pies, plum puddings, barrels of oysters, red-hot chestnuts, cherry-cheeked apples, juicy oranges, luscious pears, immense cakes, and seething bowls of punch that made the chamber dim with their delicious steam. As for the fire, such a mighty roaring blaze, such a blaze indeed as that dull, petrified hearth had never known in Scrooge's time, or for many, many a winter before it. Come in, Ebenezer Scrooge, come in, so that I can be made known to you. Scrooge nudged himself forward an inch or two, and glanced upwards, briefly. There, upon the throne of comestibles, sat a jolly, glorious giant, who grasped a glowing torch, not unlike the horn of plenty, and held it up, high up, to shed its light on Scrooge as the old man came peeping round the door, head down and timid. Come in, I say. Scrooge came in. The spirit's eyes were clear and kind, but Scrooge had no wish to meet them. He was not the imperturbable Scrooge that he'd hoped to be a little while before. Look upon me. In a state of reverence, Scrooge obeyed. The spirit was clothed in the ample folds of a simple green robe, bordered with white fur. Its feet were bare, and on its head was a holly wreath, set here and there with shining icicles. Its dark brown curls were long and free. Its face was genial, its eyes sparkling, and its demeanour unconstrained and joyful. Girded around its middle was an antique scabbard, which was eaten up with rust, and which contained no sword. You have never, perhaps, seen anyone quite like me. Never. You have never, perhaps, associated with the younger members of my family. By younger members, I should explain, since I am very young, I mean those brothers of mine, elder brothers, who were born in recent years, if you understand me. I don't think that I've met these brothers of yours. No, afraid not. Have you many brothers? More than 1,800, huh? uh, to be precise. 1,842. Ah, one for each year. You are right. One for each year. It's a tremendous family for someone to look after. Yes, indeed. Well, now, Ebenezer Scrooge, it is time for us to leave here. We must be on our way. 
I rather imagined we would be. Conduct me where you will, spirit. Last night, I was obliged to go forth with a representative of your spirit world, and I was taught a lesson which I hope I can take to heart. If you have anything to teach me tonight, may it be of advantage to me. Come closer. Hold on to my robe. Scrooge did as he was told. I'm holding on. In an instant, the holly and the mistletoe and the red berries and the ivy and the turkeys, geese, game and so on and so forth, all of it vanished. So did the fire, the glow, the room, the hour of night.